0: Welcome to the two-part teaching series, Jezebel, Leviathan, and Python, Oh My, featuring Krista Elisha. In this series, you'll learn what principalities are and how to deal with them with a specific focus on the Jezebel, Leviathan, and Python spirits. And now here's your host, Jeff Thar.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire. Today is Wednesday, um, part two of two of our Jezebel, Leviathan, and Python, Oh My series with Krista Elisha. I know you guys loved the first uh, part one of two lot of great teaching on what a principality even is and so we're going to be jumping into uh, how to identify a jezebel spirit a leviathan spirit a python spirit why we even call them spirits when we were just talking about principalities pretty self-explanatory to many but we'll talk about that uh today and much much more um It's going to be a great episode. I'm really looking forward to this. A lot of spiritual warfare leading up to this. So that means it's going to be good. You know what I'm saying? So um, if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and follow us at Elijah Fire Podcast. It'll really help us out. Uh, And then rate us in the app. Domo Arigato. Uh, That's Japanese for all you people. Um, Fun fact, I took Japanese in high school for two years don't really remember a whole lot. I can recognize Japanese though. So if I hear people talking, I'm like this Japanese, I know it. My wife and I are also big fans of Japanese culture. Um, a lot of different Japanese, like I, I love samurai films, Akira Kurosawa samurai films, love them. Uh, so um, yeah, fun little fact. Um, all right. I think that's it. Uh, my guest today, she's a really gifted teacher. Is she not? Everybody show some love to her. How amazing a teacher she is. Uh, in the chat because she really is gifted in this. She's also the founder of Rise Kingdom Ministries. Let's give it up for my guest today. Rounding out part two of two of this amazing series. Let's give it up for my guest today, Krista Elisha. Yay. Look who it is. It's a live and breathe. I know.
2: Hey, we kind of, wow, we did today.
1: We did prophetically. We just knew we were Sorry. going for like a, what is this kind of a maroon ish color.
2: Yeah. Sort Fair-ish. of like purplish
1: purpley Ramoon ram- ram- maroon. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's funny too. Cause today I was like, man, I wish I had this shirt and a yeah. and uh, yes, in a V-neck. Yeah. everybody
1: flat, f- flesh, fresh clean threads.com. They do not sponsor this video, but they should freshcleanthreads.com have the most amazing fit uh, t-shirts. And I think they're starting to do women's t-shirts. It was really started as a men's thing, but now they're, um, they're uh, they're doing, I think they're starting to do women's t-shirts, but amazing fit. All you dudes out there, fresh clean threads. It's like, it's like a little bit wider up here. So it can fit your, your manly shoulders and pecs. And then it's I'll like not that. super tight. They're awesome. I love them. So I
2: thought about getting those for David. Yeah. You know, and the long ones, you know, yeah, they've for, got
1: long ones. Oh yeah.
2: This help for plumbers crack.
1: Yeah. It, you, yes. Yeah. We do not <laughs> want the plumbers crack. Right. Yeah. So, all Woo. right. So Krista, this is going to be a dynamite episode. We're going to be talking about the Jezebel Leviathan and Python spirits. So let's just jump right in and we were talking about this backstage why do we because you were talking a lot about principalities last week and understanding these are in fact principalities why do we call these spirits though the person's got a jezebel spirit this person you know python
2: spirit all that stuff yeah so why do we call them spirits because that's what they are they're Mm -hmm. disembodied spirits so they're fallen angels and um they're eternal beings so um the, there's this, we all know that there are different planes to reality, right? So there's mm-hmm. the natural realm and then there's the spiritual realm. And we are not just physical beings or natural beings or just flesh, right? Like we're actually spiritual beings that are having a human experience or a natural experience in the flesh. And um we've been given authority over the earth, right? God gave humanity, the authority over the earth. When Satan came and he deceived Eve, everything got flipped, turned upside down, and humanity's authority was actually turned over to Satan. Um, But then Jesus came and he crushed the head of the serpent and he um, humbled himself unto death. And because he humbled himself in, in obedience to his father God, he was given all authority over every name, every power, every spirit um, in, in all creation. And so he took that authority and then he gave it to his church to legislate what was allowed and what is um, or what I should say is lawful and what is unlawful. Um, for the world. And so this is the thing with like, and this is like a whole nother teaching. Um, but anybody who's heard of like the Giants or the Nephilim, then they were actually um, the sons of these fallen angels. And now mm-hmm. it is it is my personal belief that demonic spirits seek out human hosts. Because they are seeking to usurp our authority on the earth to have their purposes fulfilled.
1: Okay, now get a load of this. If we really want to, like, just dip our toe into Crazy Town, USA, good, <laughs> good, Crazy Town, USA. We've been there. Um, you and I have talked about this, um, not on the show ever, but just in, you know throughout our time of knowing each other about how powerful our words are and Satan and demons cannot create things. They can only repurpose things. Right. There's been a lot of science that has backed up the power over words, right? I talk about this a lot, but the power of our words, speaking something out is a powerful thing. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. Nobody likes me or I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Those who the son has set free are free indeed. Those types of words have power and yeah. it depends on what we're aligning with. Could it be, I'm just posing a question. Could it be that the reason why Satan and demons know this better than we do, how powerful our words are and how powerful things are that we speak. So when sa- Satan's sitting there and he's whispering something in your ear and you finally cave to it and say, I am an idiot. Nobody likes me. You've done exactly what Satan needed you to do. Do we fully understand what's happening in the spirit? No, not always. Mm -hmm. Let that sink in. That's why it is so important to be mindful of what you say. Okay. And again, when you really start thinking about that, it's like, whoa, dude, like, hang on a second. And then you start getting mad because you're like, oh, like, because we don't want the kingdom of darkness to succeed. We don't want it to succeed in areas where God is meaning for us to thrive, meaning us meaning for us to fulfill his purposes, right? Like right. so that's like
2: nailed that- it. I mean you nailed it. And like even so after really digging into this lesson There's like no way that I'm going to be able to do like an exhaustive teaching on this um, just on this broadcast. So I'm actually planning on doing like a master class and EMM, um, you know, our mentoring group. And guys, hey, my EMMers, if you're out there, would you please pray for me? Would you cover me and Jeff and uh, Illumination on the stream uh, during this message, because I really believe that it's going to be powerful. And so if you guys could be my ministry team in the comments, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so,
2: but digging so, into this, sorry, okay. but digging into this, it is all about the breath. It's about the Ruha, right? Mm-hmm. So God, when he created uh, Adam, he breathed a living soul into him a nefesh, um, and nephesh and That's our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's the breath of life, right? Um, And all of these spirits, they are spirits, so they are wind, they're breath, right? Like Satan, another name for him is the prince over the powers of the air, Mm -hmm. right? And so he comes in to use the authority that is in the mouth of the believer to speak curses. Um, and we, I'm going to share more about that in like the teaching, but guys, this is so important for you to understand like your words have power. Mm -hmm. And because those of us who confess Christ as Lord and savior and are living, um, laid down lives that are seeking to be obedient to him at, and have him as Lord. We don't understand. We can't comprehend um, the ramifications that happen in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. <sighs> On the words that we speak, unless we understand that God's government has actually been placed on us to carry and legislate. Mm. Right. And when we legislate God's government, what do we use? We use the decree. Right. It's a decree. So when we are decreeing a thing, we are releasing supernatural documents. And court orders into the spirit realm, and they are effective. And this is why over and over and over again, God speaks about three things. He speaks about our minds, our hearts being renewed. All these things, our minds and our hearts are, another word for that is our soul. Sometimes those things are in our interchangeable in scripture, but we might not see it, um, in our English translation, but it's Mm -hmm. the mind, the will, and the emotions being transformed by the renewing of our minds, the way we think. And because our thoughts are the high place, right? Like Satan always tries to take over the high places (laughs) and we are the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Therefore we take captive every high and lofty thought thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and we force it into obedience to Christ. Okay. That's how we do spiritual warfare. It's all in our brains. The battlefield is in our minds. That's the high place, the mountaintop that the enemy wants to take. Um, that belongs to god Mm -hmm. you know we're to be crowned with mount zion that's a whole nother thing prophetic thing but so our hearts our souls our minds and um our mouth because out of the abundance of our soul our mind our will and our emotions our mouth speaks Mm. and so in order for a believer to be walking in power and authority that word Exocia. Okay. It's the, the right to make judicial decisions. Okay. And power due dynamite, explosive power. It all comes around to what we are decreeing, what we are speaking and what we are believing, because that's what we're going to walk out in our life. Right. And so you, you guys have got to get this. Like wherever you are having a thought that does not produce life or hope, you are in agreement with a lie. And now if Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, okay, and none come to the Father except through me. And he said that Satan was the father of lies. Jesus was the word that became flesh. Okay, so he was the Ruah that became flesh and dwelt among us, right? So he was the spirit that became flesh to show us how we ought to live. Satan is a spirit who seeks to um, hijack bodies, flesh, through lies, so wherever there is a lie, there is an opportunity for oppression and um, demonic influence in the life of a believer. And that's why everybody needs deliverance. Hmm. Everybody.
3: Come on. That's it.
2: Right? So, so that's with the whole thing with demonic possession. You know, um, yes, it's because that's the counterfeit for the Holy spirit living on the inside of a person. And so we are all gates and doors and we can see guys, like we live in this cosmic battle between, you know, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness. What's really interesting guys is that um, the words in, in scripture and in the Hebrew understanding light actually um, means revelation knowledge and understanding. Okay. It actually means truth because it's like when you have an epiphany, Oh, Oh my gosh, everything suddenly makes sense. Right. Yeah.
1: In the cartoons, everything... the light bulb goes off. You yes. know, yeah.
2: So, but darkness actually means ignorance or to be blind or deaf and dumb. Right. And so the nature of deception is that we don't know that we're deceived. Right? right? We're, we're yep. deaf and dumb to it. Yeah. So that's why it's so important guys, that we have community around us that love us, that believe the best about us that will actually, and, and why it's important to have a relationship one-on-one with somebody that you recognize as a spiritual leader and mentor or person who disciples you, right? Because you talk about the stuff that's going on in your life, and if you're struggling, you open up the word of God and your mind becomes renewed. You can see the truth in the word, right? And as we weigh ourselves in the word of God and we repent, meaning we change the way we think and we come out of agreement with the way that we've always done things, right? As Jesus and his character, his nature, and his heart is revealed to us in the word, then we are then conformed to his image and we walk. we can walk in greater levels of that power and authority because like I said, in the last episode, you only have um, the right to judge in others what you have already judged in yourself, Mm. right? So um, we can't, like, we don't judge sinners. We don't judge people. That is Jesus's job, okay, to judge people. Our job is to judge the things in people and the spiritual entities that manipulate them into the behavior that they're operating in that is causing harm. Mm. We have a right to judge that. Um, And then pray for those people to come into repentance. Hmm. Right. But first we have to be looking at that stuff in ourselves. Otherwise we will come under spiritual attack. Yeah. Right. So no finger wagon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. None of of that. So my question before we jump into, I guess the telltale signs of these different spirits or principalities Um, something that I've always wanted to know is, um, and, and maybe this is a part of the whole thing, but I think it might be good on the onset to talk about this is, is can more than one person be subject to one of these spirits and why or why not?
2: Oh yes. You can absolutely be subject to these spirits. Like all of us can even, Mm -hmm. even high level leaders in the body of Christ. Yes. You want to know why? Because they so they're looking for human, specifically people within the world to be in agreement with their mindset, okay, so that they can delay their final judgment. So they are seeking flesh. They're seeking the 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 princes of this world, which is. Mankind, right? The son of man, or son of men, to um, usurp their authority and to um, to delay Christ's coming. So um, they will project their because they they don't have a physical body, right? So they project thoughts into the mindsets, belief systems, their re- regional belief systems. Um, over areas. And as people come into agreement with those lies, then they began, they begin to walk out the, the desires of those entities. Right. Mm-hmm. So great example. Let's look at, um, you know, the pro-life movement right now. Okay. Let's, let's look at, um, I mean, okay, guys, it's abundantly obvious with all of the research, the science that we have, <laughs> there is absolutely no denial that the moment that a sperm comes into contact with an egg, the moment of conception happens, and there's literally a flash of light, and there is life, like that, that thing begins to grow and it forms a human. And actually, it's there's a whole cool thing about how that happens and how the first thing that is formed in a human is actually our hearts and then it's our brains. Mm. Really interesting.
1: That's very interesting.
2: But they've even proven that a fertilized egg or a teeny, teeny, teeny embryo is viable for years outside of the womb. Through being frozen.
3: Hmm.
2: Right. And so actually the the debate that won um, or that got the overturn of Roe v. Wade, the lawyer ended it. Um, It was a girl who had actually she was a frozen embryo that was um, 20 years old. And had been adopted out of Cairo, you know, a frozen state and implanted into um, her carrier's womb, her mother's womb. And after 20 years of being frozen, she survived and was one of the oldest viable frozen embryos. Wow. And the lawyer, she actually went before the Supreme Court to testify. That her life was viable outside of the womb for 19 years. And the attorney's phrase said, a person's a person, no matter how small, no matter what side the uterine wall. Hmm. So we know this. Mm -hmm. And the pro-choice movement, they also know this. But there are lies that they believe justifies the sacrifice of these unborn babies see now when you understand the truth about how humans are a blessing from god how no child is is unwanted even if a pregnancy is not wanted or expected and you know the science behind how ending a pregnancy prematurely will actually kill a person um it it actually decreases their their life expectancy it all these different things See, like if you know all of that, you you can't deny that it's not healthcare. It's not beneficial. But these people believe lies. Mm-hmm. And it's because of these spirits, because everything in the spirit world operates through blood. Which actually leads me into my first point on the teaching, which is you know, I want you guys to know first and foremost like, one, you have authority, you have the authority of Jesus, not because of your own merit, but because of his blood, because he came and he crushed the head of the serpent when he went to the cross. It's so interesting, I, I believe. Um, That where Jesus was actually crucified was the same place where David took Goliath's head. Hmm. Right. And he took his head by using a smooth stone. And stones, rocks always represent truth. So we bring down giants and Satan falls like lightning when we get deliverance. When we bring down the strongholds and the lies that we believe, the whole region can be open to receive the gospel and receive the truth. So you have authority because of the blood of Jesus. I thought it was so fascinating. Um, I went to this one verse. It says the, the, the life force is in the blood. Oh, yeah but it's like oh my gosh it's so much but so it's Leviticus 17:11 it says for the life the, the or the animal soul is in the blood and i have given it for you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls for it is the blood that makes atonement by reason of the life which it represents so this is so powerful guys it It literally means that the blood of Jesus, it atones for the sins, for the wounds, for the works of darkness in our souls, in our mind, our will, and our emotions. And when we receive his blood through communion, right? And through intimacy and by faith, not our works, but by faith, then his very life, his deity, his perfection, his appetites, his longings, his thoughts, his will, his emotions, his innocence, and his perfect spiritual genetics are imparted into our soul for the remission of our sins or the total removal of our sin and all the sin that's been done to us. That is so powerful, and it's in the blood. So when we take communion, when we plead the blood of Jesus, whenever we are going into the spirit world through um, by y- using our judicial authority, and we are decreeing that it's by the blood, that is what we are releasing. Hmm. It is the very essence and nature of everything that Jesus is for every single soul. And when we receive the bread, right, in communion, that is for our bodies. So when we take communion, and this is powerful, so taking communion every day is very important and is, a, is an amazing tool to help us walk into greater levels of deliverance and freedom. But when we take his body or the bread, it's for our physical healing. Mm. So the blood is for our souls (laughs) and the bread is for our bodies. And I thought this was so powerful. I found out the word drink, like when we drink his blood, right? In communion, Uh take it in, in the Greek, it's the word Pino. And it means to receive into the soul, what serves to refresh, strengthen or nourish unto life eternal.
3: Hmm.
2: How mind blowing is that? <laughs> I was like no way. This is crazy. <laughs> That's the Greek to receive into the soul. And so we just take him in. We we drink him in through through worship, through prayer, through intimacy with Jesus. It's all about intimacy with Jesus, guys. It's all about relationship with Jesus. It's nothing that you can do to earn. You can't shout down demons or shout out demons. You can't cast demons out um, operating from the same kingdom that they operate from. Deliverance is a work of compassion and of love, and it only belongs to to believers. It is the children's bread. That's another thing is that it's the children's bread. So the blood of Jesus, his finished work on the cross and the authority that he has imparted to us because of the blood, that is what overcomes all the works of Satan. And those are the weapons of your warfare, you know, and the armor of God, the sword of truth, which is the word, Your shield of faith, right? Your helmet of salvation, meaning your mind is protected from lies. Okay, guys, like Paul is using um, metaphoric language to teach us eternal truths when it comes to spiritual warfare. Hmm. And so I also just feel to say you you need to know that deliverance isn't, I believe, an ongoing process because life is an ongoing process. Right. There is something that, you know, for me, I've said um, the only thing that is subject to revision is my perception of the truth. Jesus is constantly blowing my mind with his truth. There are constantly things that, you know, and this is why when I read the word, when I pray, I am always asking Jesus, number one, I'm inviting Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you come and reveal your mysteries? Will you reveal your secrets to me? Will you show me your eternal truth and so that I can understand it and walk it out? And, and as you just do that, and you will naturally go through deliverance, the more you are seeking out becoming more
0: like Jesus. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And
2: that's the truth, guys. Um, so as we come out of agreement with the enemy, and we are consistently... Coming into agreement with the word of God, we naturally walk out inner healing and deliverance. Yeah. So the big thing in what I'm going to get into today is I'm going to give you just some signs and some symptoms or symptoms of the manifestation of these spirits. Um, and your job, I'm gonna do a corporate prayer at the end, okay. Your job specifically, if there is anything that relates to you, I want you to write it down. Okay. And this is your homework. This is this is something that we do in EMM. This is your assignment to go deeper. So a lesson reflection, if you will. Write down what stands out to you as something that you have found yourself operating in or stuck in. Okay. And then at the end, when we do the prayer, you are going to have an opportunity to um, use your the power of proclamation, of decree in the courts of heaven to come out of agreement to divorce, send a bill of divorce mm-hmm. to these principalities, okay, and remarry yourself to the truth Jesus. And then you will have authority, to ask the father who is the judge to release his fiery judgments on all the ways that these things are working in your life, right? Because fire is for, the, is for purification. Amen. Water is for the remission of sins, the baptism water, the remission of sins. Baptism uh-huh. of fire is for purity, is to look like him and to be a witness. Because you can't be a good witness if you don't look like Jesus. That's right. Right. And That's then it. to be like some of you guys, you've been struggling with the same things over and over and over and over again in vicious cycles. And you've been asking, God, why can't I get free from this? Why can't I get free from this? It's it's not in the fruit that is being manifest through these cycles, guys. It's in the root. You have to go back to the root. Where was the lie implanted? Mm-hmm. Where did you come into agreement with the lie? And it takes the Holy Spirit, who is the gardener, right, of our hearts to come reveal the root so that we can come out of agreement with it and replace it with the truth. And that's why this is a process. This is something I've been saved for 10 years. I can honestly say that it's been within the last two years that I have experienced overwhelming victory Mm. um, in my life where I am not experiencing any kind of um, like heavily oppressive spiritual warfare. I still experience some stuff, but it's nowhere like it used to be where I would be literally like, out of commission wow. because of the spiritual warfare that yeah. would come on me, especially when I was going into re- regions to, with the proclamation of the gospel. Um, you know, because the enemy doesn't like that stuff. Right. So, yeah. and thank God for his grace that's on us. He protects his anointed. Amen. But, you know, even here recently, guys, I had to come out of agreement with the lie that if I am trying to do the right thing and follow the voice of God, that my children will be in danger.
3: Wow. Yeah.
2: And, and that's just a recent thing. And that was because that, that root. and look, once you deal with the root, the cycle will never come up again. Hmm. Okay. Because it's dealt with. So from the moment that I, um, came out of agreement with all the, uh, symptoms or the signs of Jezebel, no longer did anybody accuse me of being Jezebel, Hmm. right? When I come out of agreement with the spirit of fear, no longer do I go through situations that cause me overwhelming fear and try to stop me from moving forward. Hmm. Um, So you'll notice that as you come out of agreement with these things, then they have no power over you anymore. And so, and they know that. So they stop manifesting themselves. And I, the other thing that I will say here, guys, and this is one that I'm not really going to talk about in this, this session is the religious spirit. It's the pharisaical spirit. Okay. Yeah. Um. It works with all of these because it is a counterfeit Christ. It is the anti-Christ spirit.
3: Mm.
2: Okay. Um all of these principalities they work to thwart or subvert the work of the holy spirit because the holy spirit is the one who draws people unto salvation the holy spirit is the paraclete the one alongside of us that teaches us that leads us into all truth mm-hmm. okay he's the power that that works with us to um to prove that Jesus is who he says he is. Right. And so all of these things, all of these principalities, they come to subvert the work of the Holy spirit, to block the work of the Holy spirit and to shut the work of the Holy spirit down so that the kingdom of God does not advance.
1: Makes sense. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
2: So the religious spirit um, denies or resists the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, the, the Jezebel spirit works with the Python spirit to counterfeit the Holy Spirit. And the Leviathan spirit seeks to um, kill the move of the Holy Spirit by causing division among the people who are hosting the holy spirit. Okay? Okay. So, Jezebel is the one I like to call the wicked witch of the west. She's the Make, wicked, wicked makes witch. Makes
1: sense? Yeah.
2: Yes. So I got my giant water bottle here, Yeah. which is so funny because I always think, so God speaks to me and like, I'm very theatrical and
1: what, Yes,
2: <laughs> and I love movies. Yeah. And, um, so it was so funny. He was actually showing me before the broadcast today. Um, I had a vision and I, I was seeing myself washing dishes and I knew that the dishes represented souls. And that the water was his spirit and the word. It was the teaching of the word that was going to come and it was going to cleanse out people's souls today. Um, And then I was reminded of uh, the Wizard of Oz Mm -hmm. when the Wicked Witch is... She gets melted because Dorothy throws a bucket of water on her that they uh-huh. were using to clean the floors. What a yeah. world, what a world. Uh-huh. So, um, I'm melting. I'm melting. So yeah, take um, that witch. Call me Dorothy Gale. Cause some wickety witchcraft is getting ready to get broken off of some folks.
1: Yeah. We're going to yeet that out of here. People. There we go. We? Okay. anyways. <laughs>
2: So I'm going to read you guys the verse from Revelation 2, 19 through 29, and you guys should write this down if you have um, paper with you. And this is actually Jesus. It's the revelation of John, John seeing Jesus in his glory and the revelation of who he is, a savior of the world. Okay.
3: Hold on. Let's
1: actually pull it up.
2: I'll just pull it up
1: and do a screen share. So it's Revelation 19, chapter 2.
2: Verse 19,
1: 19 through
2: 29.
1: 29. What translation?
2: I'm using the passion translation.
1: The passion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Here we go. I'm pulling it up. It's going down in Chinatown, everybody.
3: <laughs> Hang so, on.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Krista, wait. This is important. We need to do <laughs> this way. Okay.
2: All right. All right. So. I know all that you've done for me. He's talking to the church, okay? I know all that you've done for me, your love and faith, your ministry and steadfast perseverance. In fact, you now excel in these virtues even more than at first, but I have this against you. You are forgiving or other translations say tolerating. That woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is seducing my loving servants. She is teaching that it is permissible to indulge in sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I have waited for her to repent from her vile immorality but she willingly refuses to do so. Now I will lay her low with terrible distress. So in the Aramaic, it says, I will strike her with disease and lay her in a coffin. (laughs) Whoa. yeah. Along with all her idolatrous partners. If they do not repent, if they don't change the way they think about what they're doing and turn back to God and his ways. And I will strike down her children slash followers. In other translation, it says children, okay? Because she begets after her own kind with a deadly plague. Then all the congregations will realize that I am the one who thoroughly searches the most secret thoughts and the innermost being. I will give to each one what their works deserve, but to the rest of you in Thyatira, who don't adhere to the teachings of Jezebel and have not been initiated into deep satanic secrets, I say to you, without laying um, undue burden upon you, cling tightly to all that you have until I appear. To everyone who is victorious and continues to do my works to the very end, I will give you authority over the nations to shepherd them With a royal scepter, other translations say, or with an iron rod, meaning an unbreakable authority. And the rebellious will be shattered as clay pots. Now, remember, guys, in uh, the Old Testament, it says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, right? right? Okay, so even as I also received authority from the presence of my father, I will give the morning star to the one who experiences victory. So the one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the spirit is presently saying to all the churches. Okay, so guys, you cannot go to war or have a spiritual battle that you will not also receive a reward for. Okay, King David, great example. When he went to war against Goliath, He was going with a proper heart motivation, right? He wasn't doing it to receive a reward. He was doing it because of a righteous anger that rose up in him against this demon giant. Okay. And, but he received a reward. He actually received the right to be adopted into the royal family. Hmm. He was given... Saul's daughter Michael remember as his wife and then he met Jonathan who was Saul's son and he became best friends with Jonathan so he received a reward so your reward in becoming victorious over Jezebel is this you as you learn to submit to God without compromising to the sinful culture around you Jesus, the morning star, will give you the wisdom and revelation necessary to have authority over people groups with the intent to shepherd them with authority. That iron rod, the the scepter, it's a prophetic picture of the right to lead, teach, and correct in the ways of righteousness. And you can only teach people what you sell what you you yourself are a student of right right so if you're not walking in righteousness you can't teach people how to walk in righteousness and, and i just want to say this too righteousness is much more than an outward behavior modification it is an inward heart transformation that's why our thoughts have to come into alignment with the word of god and it, it can't be uh white knuckling it and and being hypocrites or being fake Okay, it, it has to become part of who we are, and and I also believe that as you um, with all of these things, you have to understand that this side of the cross, everything is relational. It's not religious. The greatest gifts that God will ever give you is one going to be Jesus. He is the morning star. Okay, um, in Daniel twelve three, it says those who impart wisdom. Will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So, as we shine in the light of his glory, we become that burning city on a hill that other people flock to to be taught of the Lord. And he talks about cities on a hill because it's all about family, it's all about community. We experience a greater measure of the glory of God when we are in community with the people of God because we're citizens of heaven, amen? Mm. So that's your reward. While the consequences of tolerating Jezebel or not confronting spiritual compromise in your own life, not confronting rebellion and disobedience and immorality in your own life, the wages of sin are death. It is sickness, it's disease, it's plagues. Hello, the Rona, okay? It's the abandonment of the light. Jesus said, I'm gonna take your fire from your lampstand, meaning the Holy Spirit will leave your midst. This is why David cried out when he was confronted with his sin. He said, oh God, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Because he knew the consequence of his sin and his rebellion and his immorality was the departure of the Holy Spirit, just like what happened to his father-in-law, Saul. Okay. So it's the removal of the influence that we have over regions. All right. And, And I have seen this. I've seen premature death happen because of the tolerance of sin and immorality. So some symptoms of Jezebel. Number one, you have to understand Jezebel actually means to be without a husband, to be uncovenanted, or to lack submission. Okay, so she wants the benefits of being in a committed relationship. And she wants people to be submitted to her without the obligation of offering the same. So the definition of submissive is to be inclined, ready, or yielded to the authority of another, to be unresistingly humble and obedient, right? This is why God or Jesus was given authority over everything because he humbled himself unto death. He was submissive to the word of his father. So we see Elijah confronting Jezebel. Now, Elijah, this is really interesting to guys. I felt like specifically for this broadcast, I had to go over this because there are so many people in the body of Christ that are seeking position. They're seeking a platform yeah. and they are completely sidestepping the process by which God brings his anointed leaders through to that place. There is a process of preparation. And we have so many social media prophets and preachers that have absolutely no authority, who have gross immorality and sin operating in their lives. And because they get on a broadcast and they are speaking in tongues and acting like they have authority, they're being they're being given broadcasts on TBN. I'm not making this stuff up. It and it's my responsibility as a leader in the body of Christ who's been taken through this process to share this with you. Mm-hmm. If you feel called to be a leader in any, compa- in any capacity, God is going to absolutely crush that desire out of you before he can trust you with it.
1: It's true. Or it be the last thing that you want to do. Right. Period.
2: Right. Because yeah. you've already been through the ringer. Mm-hmm. You know the cost. There is a cost. Mm-hmm. To the, to it's walk not glamorous. It. No, it's, it's
1: not. It's funny you were saying that because Kelsey and I were talking about this afterwards, after the show yesterday, about how leadership is not something that it's not this glamorous thing at all. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm very reluctant, even though I am a, a natural leader, I am called to leadership. I do not jump into leadership. Um it, it because I know what it costs. Yeah. And the cost is high. It's not this glamorous thing where you're like, yeah, check me out with all my rings and my wear my sunglasses inside and fresh pressed suits. I'm not against tailor-made suits. Thank you very much. But um, yeah, I think you guys get what I'm saying. It's not th- like if that is what you're allow God to flip the mirror on yourself and reveal that to you, you reveal that true nature of your heart because it's ugly. And let him burn that out of you.
2: <laughs> Judge it judge yeah. it with your fire god judge yeah. it with your fire you know and that's you know now here's the other the the turns are the flip side to that is if you are called to leadership and you just don't desire that responsibility um and you're then you're being disobedient so you're still in rebellion and you need to repent hmm. but there is a process that god always takes us through and um So he gave me the the names of the people that were responsible for taking out Jezebel. And I'm going to share that with you. So Elijah confronts Jezebel. All right, we're on Elijah fire. Elijah, the name Elijah means God is Lord or my God is my master. So a Lord is someone who has power, authority, or influence. They're a master or a ruler. Elijah was uncompromisingly obedient to God's authority as master and creator of the universe. John the Baptist had that same spirit, and he was not afraid to call out and confront not only the compromised religious leaders in his day, but also the sexual immorality that was happening in Herod's court, which is what ultimately got him beheaded. Guys, remember, the enemy always goes after the high places, the high places, the head okay i'm pointing to my head those you guys that can't see yeah we take the head of the enemies right so then there is the double portion of elijah which rests on elisha elisha means my god is salvation okay that word salvation means or sozo in the greek it means to be preserved rescued and delivered from all the works of the enemy, from sin and its consequences, which are sickness, death, harm, ruin, and loss. Then, so Elisha, after he received the mantle of of, of Elijah, he took a double portion, meaning that Elisha received that double portion of fiery, uncompromised, obedience and faithfulness to God. That is hard. That is hard to walk a life with, to walk, to live a life of uncompromised faithfulness to God. And Elisha ultimately fulfilled Elijah, who he served, fulfilled his mission, which was to take out Ahab and Jezebel. Now, Jehu was the one that Elisha anointed to go confront Jezebel. And Jehu means Lord or Master. So we see that Jehu, and we see later that Jehu didn't even have to touch her. He actually looked at her eunuchs. He called up to her eunuchs and said, Mm -hmm. who is with me? And the, the authority that he carried compelled the eunuchs who had been serving her to throw her out of her own tower. So there's a progression here, guys. There's a spiritual protocol for those given the reward of leadership here. When we submit ourselves to God as the ultimate authority, he saves us from all the works of the enemy. Then as we continually walk in our own salvation and deliverance, learning to humbly serve God, submit to him and submit to the ordained leaders that he has put over us, then and only then do we become mantled for a position with the power and anointing to operate in God's authority over others. Any other way is unlawful. So the door to kingdom promotion is always the low place. It's always in the floor. You got to go low, just like Jesus did. He humbled himself to the authority of his father to the point of death. And this is why he's been exalted over every power and authority in heaven, the earth and under the earth. Okay, guys. So oftentimes people who, and, and I went through this myself because I felt like a nobody my whole life. I was told that I was worthless, that I was just a dumb kid, that I was the least likely to succeed, that I would end up dead before anybody else did in my graduating class. Okay. Like I was actually told these things. All right. And I believed them. And then when Jesus came into my life and he, showed me by giving me freedom that I, my life actually meant something. I, and I knew he was calling me to leadership because I've always been a natural leader, whether I was a dark leader or, you know, leader in the body of Christ. Um, even as a kid. And even now it's crazy. You'll watch kids follow me around in meetings. Like I'm mother goose. It's the weirdest. Thing. It's just been on my life, my mm-hmm. whole life. But when I received that, I started to step into, um, self-promotion because I needed validation that mm-hmm. I was important. Right. And I sought it in ways that were unlawful. And the Lord had to show me these things. And I had to ask him to come and judge the sin in my own life. And I had to come into agreement with his word and I had to come into agreement with his process. And by the time, literally the week before my one video went viral that everybody like, you know, was introduced to me through the conversation that I had with the Lord on the road where I had still not became the leader that he had prophesied over me, right? Um, My conversation with him was, Jesus, I love you. And I am totally satisfied here being submitted to you and walking in intimacy with you. I'm satisfied with my lot in life. I don't want anything more than what you've given me. And I'm grateful for what I have. But God, I have these words that you've spoken over me. And I don't want to not pursue these promises if they are in your heart for me to have. And so be it unto me, Lord, as you have said. And will you show me the next step that I can take to begin to walk out? these prophecies, or will you show me that it's, I should just sit them on a shelf and, and wait a little longer, literally the very next week I'm walking on the same road and I have that encounter with God. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is important. You know Um, I had, I had to learn to submit myself to godly leadership. Actually I had to learn to submit myself to wounded leaders that hurt my feelings that, um, did not honor me, did not honor the gift of God that I was carrying guys. Like, and I had to do that because I'm, I'm called to minister to leaders, right? I had to be trusted with the hearts of wounded leaders, (laughs) In order to one, understand myself when I would go through things, but also to be able to rally and encourage and impart healing to the leaders that God was going to call me to speak into and to train up. Right. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And so this whole idea of like, I can only submit to leadership that is perfect is a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. It's because nobody is perfect. Right. And that is an excuse that we um, give ourselves. That's built on a foundation of spiritual pride because we're afraid of being hurt. So Jezebel refuses to submit to authority. She seeks positions of power and leadership and authority unlawfully. You know, Um, she has partners and children or followers, so she claims to be a prophetess. She believes she is the only one who hears from God. She's the only one who is 100% correct when it comes to spiritual things. She uses language like God said in order to get her way. See, the whole thing about Jezebel is domination, control, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: manipulation and intimidation. It's, it's all about a heart posture that wants to dominate or control. And that control is actually the, it's the, it's a manifestation of the spirit of fear.
0: And pride help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com/give and become a partner today. When we don't believe that
2: God is going to take care of us, then we have to become our own God, and we have to take care of ourselves. And so manipulation becomes commonplace, right? Um, so you have to deal with jezebel in the infancy stage otherwise she will grow up and turn into athaliah now jezebel's daughter athaliah was more evil evil than jezebel was she
3: murdered
2: murdered all of her she she murdered all of her sons and she murdered all of her grandchildren so that she could have control over the throne
3: Mm -hmm. that's nasty okay
2: what we're dealing with right now in regards to this um pro um choice stuff right now which is not it's death it it, we're dealing with jezebel in her full maturity as athaliah
3: Hmm.
2: okay that's what we're dealing with um so she produces after her own kind Meaning, she will reinforce her ungodly beliefs and behaviors in those who are close to her. Now, I believe that she is this the spirit that is behind narcissism is Jezebel. Okay, so you've got to deal with her while she's still little, while she's immature, while they're new believers in the church because deliverance is the children's bread. So, you have I'm speaking about new believers, you have to deal. With this stuff, while they're in their beginning walk with the Lord, or these, it will manifest more and more of itself to really get a, a hold on the person, mm. um, so that it can can use them to cause harm to the body of Christ. So, um, for example, there's a new believer in your congregation that's operating in this mindset. They're not submissive. They're gossiping, they're manipulating, they're seeking a position of, a pa- of power or leadership or authority, and they've got no right to be there yet because they're not prepared, right? Um, and they're causing strife and divisions in the body of Christ. We as leaders have to confront that behavior by addressing the person individually in love and with the word of God to correct them to give them an opportunity to repent if they don't repent and come into submission to god as the authority over their lives then we have to we have the right to judge the sin in that person and we have the right to treat them like an unbeliever and separate them from the fellowship just like paul did in first corinthians with the man who was sleeping with his stepmother we have that right now. The church is not operated in that. We have operated in a secret sensitive, sensitive model. And we have, um, you know, all acted like we're holier than now. Mm-hmm. It's not become a place where we can receive one-on-one discipleship to come out of agreement with our sin struggles. And it has completely compromised the church. And that's why we're in the state that we're in right now. So, um, Just know that if you are part of my fellowship and this kind of stuff is happening, you're going to be confronted in love by a leader. And if you do not repent, you don't change your mind and come into submission to the lordship of Jesus as your master and the only one who has permission and authority um, to speak anything over your soul. If you don't come into his lordship, then we have the right to separate you from our fellowship as if you are an unbeliever. So there's that. She paints paints her her face when Jehu is on the way. She's putting her makeup on. It's not a girl that puts makeup on. That's not true. It's it's because she's an actor. Um, She wears a mask. In the Greek, the word is hypocrite. She acts like she's a Christian to fit in with the Christians. But behind the scenes, there's always hidden sin, hidden motivation. There's flattery, there's seduction. um, And she recruits people to herself because she wants validation and affirmation. Okay, Mm -hmm. she has eunuchs, meaning she cuts off the power of those around her from the ability to use their spiritual gifts and reproduce the kingdom. She's idolatrous and adulteress. She was um, among God's chosen people in the house of Israel, mixing Jewish customs that were meant to worship God while also engaging in, in worship to Baal. This is important because if you read the book of the prophets in the Old Testament, you see that God said he was married to Israel, but she prostituted herself with other lovers. So an idol is anything in our lives that we have to check with. Before we're obedient to God. So Jezebel always needs an Ahab, right? She's married to Ahab. The name Ahab, it means merciful or compassionate. And so here's the thing. We are mercy and compassion for those who are struggling with sin um, is needed for a season in order for God's loving kindness to bring them to repentance. But once that window closes, okay, the season of of compassion closes, the person is unrepentant. They're in rebellion. They have not been responsive to God's grace. And that's when that mercy and compassion needs to be cut off. You know, Paul said, release that man, that scoundrel who is being immoral, um, to Satan. Like turn his flesh over to Satan. Mm-hmm. The consequences, let him experience the consequences of his sin so that his soul might be saved on the day of judgment. So there is a protection in the congregation of God, right? But if they're if they're not responsive to grace, they're not believers. Mm. Okay. And and so we then, it is our responsibility as believers to be listening to the Holy Spirit and how we are to respond to those kind of people that are coming in and out of our midst. Okay. So although Jezebel was married, her marriage meant nothing to her. Right. Right. So, um, there was sexual immorality. There's lust. There's perversion. There, all of those things are counterfeit for intimate knowledge, unity, and marriage bliss, or um, and the joy and freedom found only in the safety of covenant, right? That's the only place that we're really able to be free to be ourselves um, and to be safe because that that covenant love covers a multitude of sins and but it also calls us out of defilement hmm. wherever you see um jezebel you're going to see some form of sexual perversion because she's not died to herself um there's been no crucifix crucifixion of the flesh and total surrender to jesus as king And so you're going to see lust of the flesh come out in these ways. You're also going to see um, child sacrifice. Now, that doesn't always mean um, abortion, surprisingly enough. It means that, um, okay, so sexual impurity and child sacrifice. Sacrifice always accompanies Jezebel because she's the queen of self-centeredness. She's the queen of self, the queen of the flesh. Um, True Christians are born again because they've died to sin and they've been risen to new life in Christ. Um, They consistently crucify the lust of their flesh and their selfish desires and ambitions in order to live in obedience to God's will and to his spirit. So Jezebel lives only to satisfy herself and will sacrifice whoever stands in her way to do it. Okay, as said before, she wants pleasure without long term commitment or self-sacrifice. So. Whatever is in her way, and it can be a man or a woman, okay, because it's not gender specific. Now, I've seen men operate in a spirit of Jezebel.
1: Yeah, I've heard about that too. I've never seen someone personally, but
2: I almost married one. I almost married wow. one. So I have I'm gonna talk about Jezebel more than I talk about any of the other stuff because I almost married a man that had Jezebel and I was an Ahab and I didn't know it. And I oh. had actually just re, um, recommitted my life to Jesus. I, I was terribly depressed and traumatized and he came in as a counterfeit and, um, I almost married him. So, uh, and that was right before I married David. So I'm telling so, you guys.
1: So could it also be, I mean, cause I've seen people who, you know, there'd be like these expose videos on like tiktokers that like document their lives or something and they'll they'll talk about it'll be like a psychologist talking about someone who's a narcissist yes so it could be a man who's a narcissist
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and bends everything to their now uh, really quick i want to actually hit on this because i have personally heard people throw around jezebel to people like willy-nilly um and that's a pretty severe thing. So like I look at like, say you meet a controlling woman who has an issue with control, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know that that necessarily makes them a Jezebel. I think there are a lot of stipulations that fall under that category. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you can speak to this, but it's like with a Je- with somebody who's, who's und- come into agreement with the Jezebel spirit and they, um, they will they will they exhibit all of these traits all at once do they reveal themselves slowly do they have, have a couple of them let's talk about this a little bit because i don't want people taking this and going oh i knew i knew it i knew sally at my church was a jezebel and this is the proof and i'm gonna just outer So I really want to caution people against that. Yes,
2: because, and that's true. And here's the thing, guys. When you, so no person is a Jezebel. When you say that, you are allowing the enemy to use your judicial authority in the spiritual realm to release a curse over that person. You are operating in witchcraft when you accuse anyone Of being a Jezebel. Okay. That is not a term that God uses for a human. Okay. It's not. This spirit operates through wounds. And actually, what it does is that it targets individuals who have a natural prophetic and oftentimes leadership call on their life. And it sets them up from the moment that that call is released over their lives to. What did I say? Thwart, shut down, kill, murder the move of God through that person's life. It wants to completely annihilate that person as a threat to its kingdom. And so. That person that you are accusing of being a Jezebel is actually a really wounded soul Mm. who has lots of trauma, who has a prophetic word spoken over their life by God in the realm of the spirit about their destiny. And you are empowering the spirit of witchcraft divination to hold them in bondage to their sin that they are actually blind. From being able to see. It is our responsibility, church, to love people into wholeness. We bring the word of God to these people and we build relationship with them where they know that we they can trust us, where we believe the best about them, even when they are Acting the worst of themselves, and we stop and we take take a breath for a minute, and we say, "Okay, God. Number one, the, here are some questions that you need to ask yourself, and you need to ask the Lord before you go accusing people, because we all know that Satan is also known as the accuser of the brethren. You don't want to act like that, do you? You don't want to act like Satan, so don't accuse people." Right. And Jesus himself said, in the measure in which you judge people, you yourself will be judged. Mm -hmm. He told us to judge sin. He will be the judge of people. So what I do when somebody is operating in some of these characteristics is I'll stop. I'll take a breath. I'll take a step back from the situation. I'll say, "Okay, Dad, I recognize that this person is wounded. That's not who you originally designed them to be. What do you say about them? And God, what is causing this manifestation to come out? Why are they doing this? Will you give me insight into the lie that they believe through this this wound, this soul wound, so that I can approach them with the truth in the power of the blood of Jesus that has atoned for their souls? OK. That is confrontation that is confronting the spirit that's not tolerating the spirit and that's not forgiving something that God clearly said in Revelation that we are not to forgive. OK. We don't forgive sins that people themselves refuse to ask forgiveness for. Yeah. OK. Or to repent from. So. We go to when God gives us that insight because it's happened many times. And I've asked the Lord, okay, what's the stronghold? Oftentimes the stronghold is fear. They're manipulating out of fear. Okay, we've got a lot of moms on this broadcast. Has there ever been a time in your life where your kid was whiling out at the park or walking down the street and you asked them not to do something and they were super excited and they wouldn't listen to you and then they did something that was not safe and so in your fear, you rose up in anger. To lord over them or to manipulate them by threatening them to get them to obey you. Ding, 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 ding. I guarantee almost all of you that have kids have done that. That's a manifestation of Jezebel. <laughs> okay, It's manipulation. It's control. It's domination. It's intimidation. Okay? She uses threats. So... How do you respond to a person who's operating in fear? Well, one of the things is what are they afraid of? A lot of times if they won't submit to leadership, it's because there's some kind of leadership abuse there. You know, maybe their mother was a narcissist. Maybe their father was a narcissist and they were raised that way. And so they think that that is normal. They don't know any better, right? Because we were created to emulate or to look like and act like, behave like whatever it is that we look at, we mirror whatever it is that we're looking at. And so if like for me, you know, I was raised around a lot of mental illness, okay? I was raised by second or third generation of people who were raised by narcissists, all right? And And because of that, and the mental illness and, you know, low IQ and all these things, witchcraft curses, all of that, I grew up thinking that this kind of stuff was, was normal. So I had to find out what normal was. And that's one of the things when you bring people into kingdom community that is functioning healthy, They see what family is really supposed to look like. They see how arguments and disagreements are supposed to look like. Right. And so, no. So we ask God first, okay, are they even believers? Have they died to themselves? And are they born again in Christ? If they're born again, then there is going to be a inherent desire in them to want to please God. Right. That's the only way they can get deliverance anyway. Right. If they are not saved, the tool might be to introduce them to the gospel. Right. Now, if they are saved, then you can pray, judge that thing in the spirit. Right. We always handle things in the spirit first, then go to the person and say, Hey, you know, I love you so much. You know, I've noticed that some of this stuff going on in your life has actually been causing some breakdowns in your relationships, right? Like, you know, you know, we love you. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just wanting to ask, how's your heart? Are you, are you afraid of anything? What is causing you anxiety? You want to share your heart with me? in regards to this situation and don't listen to the accusation listen to their hurt listen to the wound and minister to that Yeah. okay yeah. so going on from there i want to so talk I- to-
1: yeah, so I would say, let's because we're at like a minute twenty, and I want to make sure that you have time to actually do the ministry time at the end. So yeah. why don't you do me a favor and bullet point Leviathan and Python? and then you can go back it, it, I, I don't know how your notes are organized But if we could hit this is Leviathan, this is Python. And then I'm really curious how you' you mentioned that Jezebel and Leviathan often work together. Is that what you said at the beginning of the? yeah so yeah. they work
2: they work together so yeah, i want to hear about that um here's the thing well python works together they all work together and this is crazy guys because the that the demonic kingdom understands unity more than the body of christ does they they are cohorts and <laughs> working together for a mission which yeah. is to delay so, their wow. final judgment right mm-hmm. and Uh, They love to get us to turn on each other. And so here's the thing with what I believe, and there are some different, now I tried very hard to uh, give you guys revelation that was fresh, that has not been, you know, taken from other things. I asked God to give me um, wisdom and insight. And a lot of these things I've battled over the last few years a lot Um, And so I have my own understanding of some things. Now, what I personally believe is that Python is kind of like the guard dog to these two principalities, Jezebel and Leviathan. Now, I say that because um, there is actually a God that is behind Python. There is a deity, a Greek deity, whose name is Apollos. Okay. When you research Apollos, he is actually, everything about him is a counterfeit Jesus. He is an Antichrist spirit. Okay. And so I actually believe that Apollos and Leviathan are one in the same. Huh. And. If I might be so bold as to say because of some scripture references in regards to Leviathan or in regards to the dragon um, or the serpent, the fiery serpent, that is Satan. And so I believe that that Satan is is actually these other principalities, the Antichrist spirit, it's Baal. Like, you know, God, we know God has many names, right? Right. Satan likes to have other names because he wants to be God.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Um, and he he operates through um, our minds to defile our flesh. Mm-hmm. So I'm Going to talk about Python. Python is this is a false holy spirit. It's a, a spirit of divination, okay? Um, we see in Acts 16, um, Paul and Silas were in Philippi, and they come into contact with this chick who is a um a, a fortune teller, okay? So in this city, in in People reading this story and, you know, those times would have understood this. Um, but Apollos was a Greek god who was over Philippi, one of the, the pantheonic gods, because there were many of them. And um, he had a battle with a dragon or a giant serpent who he took out and supposedly the body of this serpent landed on in philippi okay and there was a statue that was erected to honor this dragon this serpent and apollos then in honor of this great beast who he defeated um, decided to name his oracles or his, his prophets prophetesses um after this spirit which was called Uh, A python spirit, or uh, Mm -hmm. they were called Pythias, and they were um, often temple prostitutes, they were fortune tellers, and they were oracles of the god Apollos. Okay, so we see in that story in Acts 16, I want to encourage you guys to read it. Paul and Silas are on their way to the house of prayer or the tabernacle, which isn't just prayer it's 24 7 worship and intercession that is governmental over regions so they're on their way to enter into the courts of heaven over the region and all of a sudden they start being followed by this uh pythia or priestess okay who um starts saying these men are servants from god they're going to show us the way to salvation oh yeah She was saying the truth, but the spirit from which she was prophesying was false. Okay. It had devious motives and Paul being annoyed because he discerned, right? Turned around, cast it out. So her owners realized that they lost their ability to make money through her. They got terribly upset They took hold of Paul and Silas, beat the snot out of them, and unlawfully threw them in prison, okay? Um, There were all these accusations against them, um, like, false accusations against them, and They were uh, labeled troublemakers, and they said they're throwing our city into confusion, and what right do they have to shove their Jewish religion down our throats? That's literally what they said, okay? And they were thrown in prison. Paul and Silas, undaunted, they began to sing and, and pray, and it was prophetic worship, okay? It was prophetic on the breath. And as they prophetically worshipped God in the prison, there was an earthquake um, and all the prison doors opened. We see the jailer try to commit suicide. Paul and Silas intervene, say, don't do that. Then the jailer says, how can I be saved? And Paul and Silas say, you just have faith in Jesus and your whole household will be saved. The jailer takes them home, feeds them. They end up baptizing his whole household. And then the next day, the, the magistrate um, is sent to the prison with orders and commands them to be let go. OK. Um, and then Paul and actually like rebukes. i like, you guys beat us. We're Roman citizens. You had no right to yeah. do this. Yeah. Right. And the, the Dickens is scared out of them. Mm-hmm. So um, they left and then they. Um, that's the end of the story. So Apollos was known as the god of um, where is it? I have it here. He was the god of prophecy. He's always seen as writing on the wind or on the breath. He's the god of light, healing, music, art, and creativity. I know, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so when you get free from this and actually one of the tools, one of the weapons of our warfare to, to get free from this thing is to do exactly what Paul and Silas did. It's worship, freedom and worship and intercession. And they have to go hand in hand, music and prayer. And and it has to be free worship, right? Sometimes you have to shake the snakes off of you. I believe that that Paul was discerning the witchcraft that that uh, fortune teller was releasing over them with the frequency on her breath.
3: Hmm.
2: that's why she he discerned what it was and cast it out when he dealt with it the curse that that thing released it released serpents and then you see the whole town launch these assaults these verbal curses over them and they it ends up locking them up beating them down right So. I believe that it's about the breath. That's why you can tell when somebody get prophesies over you and it doesn't sit right in your spirit, you might not know why it doesn't sit right, even if everything sounded right. It's because you're
0: discerning that that is not your shepherd's voice. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit slash give. Now, back to the show.
2: Which is another interesting thing. Apollos was also known as the God over the flocks,
3: hmm.
2: he was a shepherd. So, some symptoms of this are bondage to sin, restriction, fatigue, brain fog, confusion feeling stuck, like you can't move forward, no desire for prayer or worship, the inability to freely express yourself in worship, asthma, breathing problems, restricted or um, closing esophagus, which is very unusual, but it is an actual condition.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Loss of voice, addictions, heaviness, chronic unexplained health issues, feeling worn out, beat up, persistent attacks and your calling distractions and sudden health issues. When you are on your way to church on your way to worship or prayer or spiritual events, have you ever been going to get in prayer and all of a sudden your phone starts blowing up? Mm -hmm. There you go. Spirit of divination. It's it's snakes. Headache, fear, unbelief, Um, criticizing freedom in worship.
1: Interesting.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Vertigo heart problems. If you research what a Python does or snakes, they have venom, they have fangs. So it's a mouth that is injecting poison into your bloodstream, into your soul. Remember, because the life force or the soul of the animal is in the blood. The
1: blood.
2: That's why, guys, when somebody speaks a word curse over you or they say something that is hurtful, you feel it in your soul. It hurts your soul. It's spiritual venom, right? And also it's like this squeezing restrictive. What happens in this restricted place is that heart failure happens. Your heart fails. You have heart palpitations and heart attacks. And it's also the spirit behind religious mindsets. So, um, and we see that in scripture where Jesus called the Pharisees, you brood of viper. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, In Numbers, we see Moses, you know, the people. And here's the other thing, guys. This is a door that allows the spirit to operate in your life is being critical, judgmental and complaining. The Lord told me years ago, complaining is to Satan what worship is to God.
1: Interesting. Complaining is to Satan what worship is to God.
2: It is anything that we are focusing on and we are glorifying more than God and His goodness. So we can conclude here that, um, and it's interesting, guys, everywhere you look up and, and go do your research, everywhere you look up snakes, serpents, um, in scripture, it is always going to directly be connected to words and to God's judgment, God mm-hmm. judging venomous words. So in Romans 3, 9, 28, um, he's saying uh, there is no one with spiritual or there is no one who always does right. No, not even one. There is no one with true spiritual insight and there is no one who seeks after God along alone. All have deliberately wandered from God's ways. All have become depraved and unfit. Kindness has disappeared from them all. Not even one is good. Their words release a stench like the smell of death, foul and filthy, like the stench of the grave. Deceitful lies roll off their tongues. The venom of vipers drips from their lips. Bitter profanity flows from their mouths, only meant to cut and harm. So, guys, wherever you in anger or frustration are um, releasing words that are not sweet and full of truth or milk and honey, right, right? Um, meaning milk as in it's teaching and it's nourishing the soul or sweet. It's encouraging and building up a person's soul. But where you're, you're lying, you're using profanity. You're saying things that are mean and hurtful to cut people down. Wherever you are bitter or you have resentment what's interesting is i found out recently that resentment is actually the product of of envy and wherever there yeah yeah, and wherever there is envy there is jealousy and strife in every evil work Mm -hmm. right so anywhere we're critical you're releasing snakes witchcraft you're partnering with that spirit of Jezebel and divination. And that's one of the main things that we see Jezebel do, right? Like when she, um, threatened, uh, Elijah, what happened? He had just had this huge victory, right? And then all of a sudden he's terrified for his life and he, and he runs away. Um, that's what witchcraft does to you. It affects your soul in a way that it makes you want to run away. Or you become like a wild animal and you start using your mouth to devour the people around you that you think are out to get you. Hmm. Um, what's interesting, Psalm 58, um, God gave me, it, it's called, the passage, it's called Judging the Judges.
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Okay, so I'm going to read this because you guys are what? You're, you're judges in God's courts, Right. And you've been given the right to uh, a judicial um, decision making, the authority to do that in the spirit realm, because you are God's judges on the earth. You've been given the keys of the kingdom to allow or to disallow things in heaven and on earth. And so this is a word of um, warning to the judges. It says God's justice You high and mighty politicians know nothing about it. Which one of you has walked in justice towards others? Which one of you has treated everyone right and fair, not one? You only give justice in exchange for a bribe. For the right price, you'll let others get away with murder. Wicked wanderers, even from the womb, that's who you are. Now, this is politicians. I know some that are just like this, and I'm asking God to judge these politicians. We don't want we want to be the exact opposite of this. It says, oh, God, break their fangs. Oh, you lie with your words and your teaching is poison. Like cobras closing their ears to the most expert of the charmers, you strike out against all who are near. Oh, God, break their fangs, shatter the teeth of these ravenous lions let them disappear like water falling on thirsty ground. Let their weapons be useless. That, let them be like snails dissolving into slime. Let them be cut off, never seeing the light of day. God will sweep them away so fast they'll never know what hit them. The godly will celebrate and triumph over, of good over evil. And the lovers of God will trample the wickedness of the wicked under their feet. Then everyone will say there is a God who judges the judges, and there is a great reward in loving God. I believe this is a decree for the hour that we're in. God is judging sin within the church so that we can carry the government of God into the nation right now. Now, Leviathan, he's a shapeshifter. He is um, king over the sons of pride. Okay. Isaiah 27 says, in that day, the Lord will punish Leviathan, Leviathan, the fleeing serpent with his fierce, great and mighty sword. So that's the word of God. God punishes Leviathan with his word. Okay, Even Leviathan, the twisted serpent, and he will kill the dragon who lives in the sea. So. Whenever we see the sea mentioned, God is talking about humanity. He's talking about people because the sea is the only thing that touches all nations. Okay. Leviathan manifests himself through the masses of people. Okay. okay. I personally believe that, um, the full manifestation of, of Leviathan and his, the signs and symptoms, if you will, are the works of darkness that are mentioned in Galatians five. Um, sometimes when you have like visions, when God's trying to speak to you about Leviathan attacks, you'll see him as different things. Like I've seen him as a sea serpent. I've seen him as a dragon. Um, I've seen him as a crocodile and, When you do have visions about those things, you need to be researching those things to understand how he's going to choose to manifest himself um, because God will show you those things, too, because he'll never give you a warning without giving you a way of escape. Um, So this is it's literally flesh, like the works of darkness in our unredeemed flesh to the fullness of its manifestation. Okay, it's a life rooted in the flesh. Um let me see, I'm trying to find it here. Okay, so it says in Galatians 5 um he's saying constantly love each other and be committed to serve one another For all the law can be summarized in the grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor, even as you love and care for yourself. But if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. Let me emphasize this. Um, And then he says, as you yield to the life and power of the spirit, you'll abandon the cravings of your self life or your flesh life. Um, Your flesh craves the things that offend the spirit, the Holy Spirit. And you hinder him from living free within you. Um, Let's see. So when you yield to the life of the spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but soaring above it. The behavior of the self-life is obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, Hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentments when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Okay, so Leviathan actually comes to um, to divide the body of Christ that the Holy spirit is resting on, um, in a move of God. I've experienced this in my own meetings. Um, I almost never did tent revivals ever again because of the manifestation of a a Leviathan spirit. When this thing comes against you, you experience overwhelming anxiety Mm. and, and fear. Um, you are, it it attacks your identity, so it go. It literally, you know how a crocodile when it bites you, like its jaws are super strong, and then it literally rolls. Yeah, over. the
1: death roll. Yeah,
2: death roll, man. And yeah. that's what it does. It it tries to overwhelm you to the point where you never want to do ministry again because you don't ever want to come up against this thing again. Um, it will character assassinate you. Um, And it will lord over you because he is the king over the sons of pride. So anyone who is operating in pride has this, an an agreement with this principality. Um, So I want to share with you guys what pride is. So pride is a mindset that is focused on self um it's a mindset of being a master rather than being a servant. Jesus came as a servant, so we should be servants. Um it's a pursuit of self-recognition, self-exaltation and his desire to control and have all things benefit self. It can also be taken this way it is a mindset that only focuses on how certain decisions or certain things will affect you rather than what they can do for others all right thank god jesus didn't think that way
1: no for real <laughs> you
2: know when he's in gethsemane and he's like father you know if if it is possible take this cup of suffering from me nevertheless not my will be done but your will be done. Guys, when God asks you to do things, you don't count the cost. Okay? Like whatever cost he's asking you to to pay to see a move of God, it's worth it. It's worth it. Whenever God asks me to do something or asks our our group of people to do something, I know that the enemy is trying to talk me out of it. When the first thing that comes into my mind is how is this going to benefit me or Mm -hmm. how is this going to affect me? Wow. Because I I don't live for myself anymore. It is for Christ I live. In him I move and, and live and have my being. Right. And so that's a manifestation of pride. Humility, true humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Right? So, complaining against God is a manifestation of pride. Uh, Passing judgment is pride. A lack of gratitude in general is pride. Um, Anger. Because um, they are entitled, or because you feel like you deserve something, or you've been treated unfairly. That's pride. Christians, let me just go ahead and wreck this for you. Life is not fair. um, And you have no right to judge what is fair in your life. Um, When Jesus Christ received your punishment. (laughs) Okay. Like, and, and, and look in, in some cases where there's like actual justice, like now, if somebody raped my daughter, man, they're going to court. I'm going to pursue like to the the highest ability to receive justice for my daughter, because it Mm -hmm. is not mercy to allow a rapist to go free and to continue to make victims. Okay. But When you are looking at other people's lives and you're saying in your heart, that person doesn't deserve this. I deserve that. Or I want what that person has, you know, and, and you are, um, jealous in your heart because somebody else received favor or received promotion or received whatever, whatever, whatever that is a manifestation of pride And you need to repent. Um, Pride puffs up. It always has to elevate itself. It always has to have the last word. It always thinks that it's better than somebody else. It always thinks that it's right and the other person is wrong. So guys, if you believe that you are always right, that you are the only person that um, knows the best route to take, you're you are in agreement with a Leviathan and you need to repent. Um, perfectionism is a manifestation of pride. Being focused on your gifts and or having an inflated view of your importance and counter into or on the other side, having uh, uh, or being hyper focused on a lack of your gifts and abilities.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Mm hmm. Um, Another one is being consumed by what other peoples think, uh, being devastated or angered by perceived criticism, um, being sarcastic, hurtful or degrading, being unteachable and um, lacking service to the body of Christ or thinking that you're too good to take on certain roles because you're overqualified or over. You, you deserve more. That's pride. You know, um, there are times in ministry where I'll call people up and I'll be like, no man, I'm coming and I'm going to bring my whole team. I'm doing it on my dime. You don't have to pay for anything. I don't have to speak. I, I don't have to have a platform. Don't need a microphone. Can you just let me pray for people? Or is there any other way that I can serve you? Right. That we can serve you. That's what it's supposed to look like. Right. Um, that's why people randomly see me out like at these different events. And then, you know, the people that are actually speaking will go off to, you know, do whatever. And then I'll stay behind and I'll do the altar time. <laughs> you know, like true story. And I'm not even invited. I'm I am I just come to serve <laughs> because I said yes to Jesus. And that's mm-hmm. what you do. Um. So. That's pride. But the thing with this and how it operates in relationships and how it destroys um, community is it twists communication. So it's the fleeing serpent or the twisted serpent. And what that means is that it goes back and forth. And so it operates through both people, right? And you guys will feel it. You've probably dealt with this before. Um, I went through it a lot in my marriage But it's almost like you'll be talking to your spouse, and all of a sudden, this like heavy fog, will like or thing will come down in the space between you in the room, and um, they will say something, and it's like really offensive, right? And your response is to take the bait of offense, and lord yourself up. And then defend yourself, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, or what will happen is you'll be talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, the person will say, "Well, you said this," and you're or like, "What do you mean?" That's like you know, and you'll notice they get offended, and you're, that's when you stop and you're like, "Wait a second, could you repeat back to me what you what you just heard?" Right. Because it it moves in the sea, so whenever there is a move of the Holy Spirit happening, whenever the waters of people are coming together, right? Like, have you ever seen like old baptism water, like or baptismal water that multiple people have been dunked in?
1: I've never observed it personally,
3: but
2: oh, wait, I have. Is it it's, murky? It's murky. Yeah. It's it's dirty. Okay, and sometimes. When there is an atmosphere where like there's been a lot of deliverance uh, or people are bringing in a lot of spiritual junk, that's what happens in, in the atmosphere around a like a revival or an event environment. And so it gets kind of murky and there's all these things floating around in the atmosphere that need to be commanded to go to the pit. And there needs to be a release of the purification of the Holy Spirit to to come in and to move all the. The funk out to filter it all out in the atmosphere. Um, really, worship is excellent for that. Uh, actually, um, but it comes into twist communication, and so the first thing in in not taking the bait is to realize that when the moment that you realize that that has entered into a conversation is that you stop. You take a breath and you go low. You immediately humble yourself. You don't have to be right. (laughs) It's not about who's right. Um, I will never forget when I went through this attack and I was being falsely accused. um, The people who were accusing me, we had a a face-to-face mediation because it wasn't even something that we could talk about. It had escalated to the point where we had to have um, our spiritual covering, our apostle come in and mediate the situation. Um, But I literally just remember coming in and being extremely humble and, and saying, if you see anything in me that is not like Jesus, I give you a, I give you permission to cast it out of me. And I was saying this to the person who was falsely accusing me, who, who really was bewitched by this spirit. Okay. As soon as I said that, it was like the blinders came off of this person and they, cause they recognized Christ's character in me. Right. I dealt with it for days leading up to that meeting in the spirit Mm -hmm. Um, and then asking God, saying, God, I give you permission to judge any altar of pride that is in my heart. Any way that I am in agreement with Satan, who is the father of lies and, and Leviathan, the king of pride, I give you permission to burn up that demonic altar in Jesus' name, Father, judge me, purify me by your fire, purify me by your blood. Um, you are Lord over my life, and I will not allow these spirits to um, to rule over me because your kingdom rests on my shoulders. And um, as that happened, we literally, I got humble. It got to the point, guys, really the, the secret to this, that God showed me, right. And and this is, what's crazy. God has given our ministry family, um, radical authority over the nation. I can say this because I've seen what God has done through our meetings. And although we might not have like huge meetings, I see the power of God that works in these, you know, I mean, I think the biggest meeting we've had so far has been like Oklahoma there was 2000 people but usually it's around 500 people I've seen the power of God move so intensely the the authority of God manifest so powerfully in our meetings because we have went through all of these attacks and we have made a decision that our relationship with each other and with Jesus is more important than who is right. Mm. And so, you know, we don't have to be right in order or have to agree with each other 100% to run with each other. And it is in that humility that true unity can flow. And that is where God commands his blessing And that is where we operate as a governmental force, the ecclesia, the governing body, like I mentioned in episode one, um, to legislate things in the earth and in the heavens um, powerfully to usher in kingdom realities. Mm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So I think that's pretty much it. So what I want to do... If you guys have been taking notes, I hope you've been taking notes, I I want you to just take a minute right now, and I just want you, number one, so it's real easy to see things manifesting in other people. We're not talking about anybody but you today, honey. This is all about you and Jesus. You have no right to judge in others what you will not judge in yourself. Okay. And, and Jesus is our judge, right? And we want him to judge us as righteous because of what his blood bought and paid for over our souls. Amen. Amen. So I want you to look at this list and I I want you to, to ask yourself, number one, Am I really all in for Jesus? Have I decided to die to myself and my right to choose how to live and received the life of Jesus as my portion and his word? as master over my life. Now, if you say yes to that, okay, and there is any unforgiveness in your heart towards anyone, That unforgiveness gives the enemy legal right to oppress you.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Okay. I want you to take a minute
2: and I want you, because this isn't really about saying the right words. This is about the right heart posture. The frequency of your heart will come out of your voice. Okay, what is in your heart will come out with your decree. So I'm not going to lead you in a legalistic prayer. What I'm going to do is I'm going to guide you in a in a heart confession to Jesus Hmm. right now. Lord, would you search me and know me? Would you examine all of my ways? God, I choose to forgive these people in my life who hurt me. I come out of agreement with the spirit of bitterness. I relinquish my right to to be right. I relinquish my right to be right. And I invite, whoo, I invite the blood of Jesus, your blood that you shed for me on the cross for the atonement of my soul, for the healing of my soul, of my mind, of my will, and of my emotions. I receive your blood and the promise of the forgiveness of all of my sins. Wow. I even feel it. Some people, you're already getting set free. You're feeling Mm -hmm. like a lightness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we say that you are king, that you reign supreme, that you are the judge of heaven and earth. And we ask now, God, and we give you permission to judge every altar of pride, of divination, of witchcraft, of rebellion that we have erected in our souls. Judge by fire, God, to drive out and devour every snake and every scorpion. Purge our souls from the venom and the poison that would come to defile your image and likeness from being made manifest through my soul. God, I repent for any agreement that I made knowingly or unknowingly with Jezebel, Python, and Leviathan. Whew. I stand before the courts of heaven, covered by the blood of Jesus and all its benefits. And I make this public decree that will go out before all the spiritual realm. And I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Master over my life, over my soul, and over my destiny. I will never serve the enemy. I release my right. To judge any place in my life where the enemy has come to kill, steal, or destroy my God-given destiny. Wow, I'm like feeling fire all over my body. I just got like hit with like a wave, like a heat wave. So, Lord, I thank you, God, right now in Jesus' name. I release the fire of God over every soul under the sound of my voice. Mm -hmm. God, burn up all defilement. Burn up who all every insecurity burn up all of our fear lord i just pray i just saw god he says he's i'm cauterizing wounds right now there has been somebody is having heart pain even as i'm saying this and it's it's um you have been dealing with ongoing like heartache like you've just felt like your heart's been broken over and over and over again and the lord says i am dealing with this today i am cauterizing that wound And the enemy will no longer have a hook or a snare in you. For those of you that have been dealing with cycles of like um, of sin is sexual sin, lust of the flesh, addictions. The Lord wants you to know that. From this prayer onward, you you don't need anyone else to cast out any more demons. What you need to do is die to your flesh. You need to deny your flesh, right? Submit to God and the enemy will flee from you. Okay? You have accountability, meaning, you know, you have a a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. If you want to stay sexually pure, you don't go to your boyfriend or girlfriend's house at night to do Netflix and chill. Okay. <laughs> That's stupid. Yeah. All right. That's just stupid. It's ignorant. It's insanity. You know, what's going to happen. Don't do it. Okay. If you know that when you are stressed out or um, you're feeling rejected, that you have a tendency to turn on pornography, right? Then what you need to do is, you, you know, there's programs out there. There's a program called Covenant Eyes that mm-hmm. you can have on all of your stuff. Get accountability, all right? Have somebody that has been through that battle, okay, and has conquered it and use them as a lifeline. Call mm-hmm. them. Instead of giving in to the lust of the flesh, find yourself in worship, okay? Okay. Like, do things that are going to feed your soul rather than feed your flesh. All right? Wow. Thank you, Lord. I feel to release this too, guys. Um, God has really been stretching me on understanding biblical and New Testament marriage. There, when Jesus said that he hated divorce, he, it was because Jew, Jewish men were the only ones who were allowed to give their wives a bill of divorce. And oftentimes they would do that just because they wanted to sleep with another woman. And Jesus said that he hated divorce and that it was not God's will that any divorce because it was, and if they did, then they were committing adultery, right? he never said anywhere that it was lawful or permissible for people to stay in an abusive relationship. Right. Okay. That or, and here's the thing in those abusive relationships, if that person is not a believer, meaning they're not born again, they're not dead to sin and they're not actively pursuing um, a relationship with God to please God, okay? To live a life of obedience that um, displays that they love God. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Then Paul actually said that y- you'd be un- you'd be, uh, unequally yoked to an unbeliever. And that you guys can decide to separate. He said, but if the unbelieving spouse is um, going to support the believing spouse and their new faith in Christ and not force them to worship idols, then it's permissible for them to stay in the marriage, okay? And that the the unbelieving spouse will be sanctified or will be saved because of the the or the un, unsaved spouse will be saved because of the believing spouse okay and their children will be considered holy so here's the thing guys wherever if you are being abused if you are in a narcissistic relationship if your spouse has been confronted time and time again with abusive behavior okay and they are unrepentant You have biblical grounds to separate. Now there are times where God will ask you to not divorce, to stay in the marriage by staying faithful to God. Okay. And faithful to your spouse, not entering into another romantic relationship with another person in order to pray for that person's salvation. God will always give them a window to repent. Now, the moment that the grace for you to pray and intercede and stand in the gap for them lifts is the moment you know God is releasing you. Um, it's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 14. It's all about relationships within the church, okay? Um, the other thing, same-sex marriage is not even considered marriage. It's, not even con- it's an ungodly covenant. It's not right. recognized by God. Okay, Um, so I'm just going to throw that out there, too. Um, This has been really challenging for me because, you know, David, he and I separated. He was an unbeliever, but God had me pray for him and he repented. Right. Now, for some people, they just feel the release, but then there is like this hindrance, a Python spirit of control and restriction that operates through the church. My God, that will make people who are being abused and neglected um, stay in marriages that God does not approve of. Right. Okay. Okay. I just I feel really strongly to say that because I'm seeing this so much um, and it has to be said. And and people who are finally getting free from these abusive relationships, um, they uh, they then feel guilt and shame and condemnation come on them. When when anybody in the body of Christ talks about marriage and how God hates divorce, so. I want to say that to you guys, if you are in a a narcissistic relationship um, and you are being abused and God has released you to be separated from that person to get healing and you have went through a window of time to pray and intercede for that person to repent and they have not repented, you have every right to recognize them as an unbeliever that is unequally yoked with you. Um, and you have every right to ask the Lord for, for permission to be released from that obligation. Okay. And it's not to get in a relationship with somebody else. It is to be faithful to the Lord first. Okay. First and foremost. Um, and Thank you, Lord. And if you've went through that, I just feel for people, there's poison in souls that have dealt with that kind of um, spiritual abuse. It really is spiritual abuse. You know, when um, Paul said, you know, wives submit to your husbands. And then the next uh, verse down, it says, husbands, um, support your wives. It's really interesting because the word submit and the word support. In the Greek, they're the same word. It's the same word. It means both submit, but a better understanding of that word in the Greek means to support. So wives, support your husbands. Submit to um, his, his protection, his loving covering right and men you are to lift up support cover and protect your wives and the your wife's calling spiritual calling on her life it's not just about you it's not about the man it's not just about the man it's about both of you working together as a team to support and to build the kingdom so I'm just, I'm sorry, guys. I'm probably offending like every person with a religious spirit right now and every person that has been indoctrinated with these things. But I have a very strong conviction to God to speak the truth because there's so much abuse and there's so much error. And, um, you know when god starts giving you visions of people who their callings and their destinies were aborted because they chose to submit to a marriage that was unequally yoked and submit to the demon principality that was operating through their husband to shut down their destiny um it kind of changes the way you look at things when paul said don't be unequally yoked to an unbeliever mhm Okay, so, um, God, I want to pray for those people right now. God, I just pray right now in Jesus name. Wow. God, that you would give vision, that you would give wisdom, that you would give discernment to those who are in these kinds of relationships. I don't. The other thing Holy Spirit just said is that if you are in a marriage, ladies, if you're married and you are withholding sex from your husband for control, you need to repent. That's a Jezebel spirit. It's manipulative. You need to repent. If you are married and you are withholding sexual relations at all with your spouse, there is a real problem there and you need to take a look at that. And if you are not um if your spouse is not submitting themselves to sexual intimacy that is the marriage covenant guys that's it right there it's oneness okay if they are not doing that and it has been a abnormal amount of time then we don't force or coerce or try to seduce but we need to judge that thing in the courts of heaven. We need to pray about it. And then we need to go to our spouse and we need to find out what is going on behind the scenes because that is actual sexual sin also. And that person might have deep soul wounds that need healing and restoration to because it's abnormal. That is abnormal. Okay. Um, And so, um, the Lord just said that too. Like, come on, guys, this is we wonder why. uh, You know, there's what 95 percent of men in the church say that they fall into pornography, or that they've struggled with pornography addiction while saved, and then you find out it's because their wives, you know won't have sex with them, the enemy loves to to get in your head and make you think that sex is dirty once you're saved, even though you were all over the place before you were saved, right? Like all of a sudden this guilt and shame comes in your life. But the last time I checked, the moment that you received Jesus, all of that was forgiven. All your sin was erased. And now you're pure as if you're a virgin and your husband gets to be the only man that you've ever known. All right. I want to get you guys free from this spirit of perversion because that's perversion too. So father, we judge that thing right now in Jesus name. We judge it with your fire, God. And right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for a fresh fiery passion to fall on marriages for a honeymoon spirit to fall on marriages for covenant love to be restored. God, I pray that you would speak to, uh, speak to us, to speak to us about our spouses. That we would come out of agreement with every lie or every curse that we spoke over our spouse or that we spoke over our loved ones. We render those things null and void in Jesus' name. And we release blessings instead of curses. God, would you show us how to pray to bring our spouses into true salvation and into the lordship of Jesus? And God, if they will not, and we are in a abusive situation, will you give us the peace in our hearts and in our souls to know when to walk away so that we can be set free from the demonic powers that are manifesting through them Mm
3: -hmm.
2: in Jesus name. yeah, Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Krista. Thank you, man. That was, that was dense. It's a, you know, that was really, really good. Um, uh, how can, how can people follow you? I know you got a lot of fun, cool stuff going on.
2: Yeah. Uh, Um, Just go to my website, ChrisDalisha.com. Hey, by the way, guys, I have like tons of new prophetic art on shirts that I've just made. My new one, I love it. It's a voice crying out in the wilderness. It's super cool. You can't see all of it, but they're they're seriously like amazing. And I kind of feel bad because I'm like, I haven't really like promoted them or whatever. But um, anytime you get anything off of my site, you're actually supporting us. Um, by, uh, helping us care for single moms, we're doing like the diaper for a year free program. We're hosting baby showers for uh, moms that are single and, and don't have support. Wow. We're actually guys, I'm so excited about this. Guess what? We're getting ready to send, um, some people in our ministry into doula training so that when a single mother or an at-risk mom discovers the moment that she's pregnant, um, she will have somebody to walk with her hand in hand all the way up until she has the baby literally to be there in the room to take birth photos. Like, can you believe this guys? I couldn't, when I had my daughter, I couldn't even afford To get pictures taken of my baby girl, but we're going to have doulas that are going to be trained to help mommies have their babies to take pictures so that they can capture those moments. And then to be friends, to walk alongside with them all the way up until that baby is a year old with provision, with diapers. So that anytime you support my ministry, you're going to support efforts like this and we want to be able to do more plus you get really cool merch. So um yeah but all my that's all my stuff on there and um you can also click on the events tab to find out where I'm speaking um or what we're doing. If you really are blessed by my teaching you should strongly consider joining Elisha's Mantle Mentoring. That's all on my website too. So Boom boom shaka boom
1: Yeah, well thank you so much Krista. This is great. Yes. Yeah. Aw.
2: Woo. Yay.
1: So we'll see you guys then. God bless you. Goodbye. Okay,
0: this has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening.